Uh, the, our tabernacle gathering September 21st through 23rd. Isaac Petrie's going to be here on, Monday, on Friday night. He's a powerful preacher. Preacher carries a breakthrough anointing. He's awesome. Then Saturday, Chuck Pierce is going to be here with a word for the head of the year. What God's saying is we move into 5779 now into the new Hebraic year. And then Sunday morning, I'll be sharing with you uh, on, on the blessings of moving into uh, tabernacles on that Sunday morning. And then we're going to have a huge family day. So we want you to plan to stay with us you know, that day if you can. We're going to have food, fellowship. We're going to have our uh, connection decorated, tabernacle style. We're going to have all kind of activities for kids. We're just going to have a big old family day. And we're going to pray for every family and just say, God, let your covenant blessings rest on every family in our church. We're saying for us in our house, our whole households are going to be saved and we're going to be following Jesus. And so we're pretty excited about tabernacles and moving in that. So if you could pencil that in September 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, it's going to be a really exciting time as we move into this uh, new Hebraic year. Next Sunday, is how we, we celebrate Rosh Hashanah. It's the brand, brand new year. It's like a New Year's party. And so we'll be not only sharing a word, but celebrating new beginnings. Touch two or three neighbors beside and say, get ready for some new beginnings in your life. Tell them some new things. Some new things are going to happen. How many ready for something new? to happen in your life. Amen. And so that's next week. This is, you know, hopefully you know this by now. This is one of the holiest times of the year, right? Because SEC started. No, I'm just teasing. War Eagle Roll Tide. It's, this is the... <laughs> This is not the holiest time of year because college football started. This is the holiest time of year because it's Teshuvah. It's when we begin moving with the Lord for these 40 days. Some of you maybe heard a strange sound during the service, especially if you're a guest of a sound of a different that you've not heard in church. It's a shofar. It's a, a, a ram's horn, representative of a ram's horn that historically is blown for 40 days between the first of Elul until we've moved to the Day of Atonement. During this holy time of year for us as followers of Christ, biblically speaking, so that God can wake us up, prepare us for what he wants to do in our lives in this season. And so we're at a very important place in a very important time, and so we're almost halfway through this now, and uh, we've been blowing the shofar every day. We've been drawing nearer to God, opening our hearts to God in this season. This is an appointed time, so touch two more people and say, you're at the right place at the right time. Tell them, you're at the right place at the right time. This is one of those appointed times from God, divine appointments that he said if we would gather around certain times, then we would gain spiritual momentum that we can't gain at other times. And so this is very, very important as we move and we follow. We're calling it 40 days of prosperity. And we've been moving in this, and hopefully you've been encouraged, and uh, we're going to keep this journey until the Day of Atonement, and then we'll be moving into Tabernacles. And so we're very, very excited that you're here this morning. And I just want to release this word to you just over the next few moments uh, that I believe the Holy Spirit has really instructed us to do today. Third John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be healthy even as your soul prospers. Beloved, I wish above all things you prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. One thing that keeps God's people from God's prosperity is our souls, our inward parts, 
our inward thoughts, our inward dialogue, these, the, the parts of our soul that's a filter for our lives that can keep us out of the blessings or the prosperity of God. Stinking thinking, some may say, or wrong belief systems, or uh, lots of different thoughts, uh, lots of issues inside us, condemnation, guilt, shame, etc., 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 in our souls that keep us from enjoying the peace and the prosperity of God. And so I, I, a few, uh, a couple weeks ago, I started in my own life uh, dealing with anxiety, just anxiousness and just feeling anxious in some parts of my life. And, and I started searching God's word about this, about anxiety and anxiousness and how that affects our souls. Is, is there anybody here lately that's had a bit of anxiety has been dealing through work process and some anxious ways or thoughts uh, Good, glad I'm talking to the right crew this morning. And, and, I, and I started looking at this and researching it, and uh, scripturally speaking, and uh, I found an interesting scripture. Psalm 139, verse 23 through 24 says these words, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me, then lead me in one translation that way everlasting or the ancient paths. Leave that up there a minute. Search me, O God, know my heart, try my anxieties, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me into the way everlasting or the ancient paths. The Greek word for anxiety is saraph. Next slide, please. The Greek word for anxiety is sorrow, and it means divided opinions. Divided opinions. And so search me, O God, and know my divided opinions. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And a light bulb went off. That word wicked way means an idol causing pain. Search me, O oh Lord, and see why I'm troubled inside and divided in my opinions and see if there could be an idol in me causing me this pain. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I knew it to be reality, that Kent, your anxieties simply come from divided opinions inside of you. Something that you've allowed to become an idol, which is causing you pain. Anxiety is actually a gift from God. Because it's letting you know something's wrong inside of here that's not sorted out. A divided opinion, an idol that's causing pain. Now my mind was blown when I, didn't, when I realized that literally this time of year, the Hebraic thought or the Hebraic mindset at the beginning of Teshuvah, most all Hebraic people, Hebraic thought, biblical thinking people read this scripture at the beginning of this 40 days. And I didn't realize it till just now. Here's the scripture they read. Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal be God, follow him. But the people answered not a word. 
This is the scripture that they say we should read headed to Teshuvah. And literally that word falter means limping. How long will you keep limping between two opinions? It's actually the same word for Passover, Pesca. How, will you keep, how long will you keep passing over from one place to another? If God be God, follow him. If Baal, meaning idol, be God, follow him. God comes to his people once a year. He said, how are those idols working out for you? Are they really helping you? Those idols getting the job done for you? Those idols satisfying that inward need that's inside of you for purpose and destiny? Are those idols making things better in your life? Are those things you're hanging on to inside of you making your life better? If so, follow them. But if not, follow me. Follow God. And it's the beginning message that we should enter in at Teshiva. Lord, search my heart. See if there be anything in me, some idol that's causing me pain. Because it's actually whatever idolatry we're working and dealing with in our heart that's causing us this discomfort. How long will you go limping between two different opinions? We're being called to make up our minds in this season. We could title this message today, Make Up Your Mind. The Torah reading during this, during this week has been this, Deuteronomy 18.30. You shall be wholehearted with the Lord your God. Two opinions could be translated serving God half-hearted. You shall be wholehearted serving God. That word whole uh, is the is word tamim, which means wholehearted. It's when it's written, it's actually written in an extra large word, and it, and it means complete, thoroughly made. Uh, it's actually, it, it's, it's described as completing years or a healthy animal sacrifice or nourishing vines or truthful speech or finished building projects. Or one translation is blameless. Being wholehearted is resolute, entirely committed to walking with God. That's why Psalm 119 Verse 1 says, happy are those whose way is blameless or who are wholehearted who walk in the teaching of the Lord. The only true place of genuine inner happiness is when we're walking with the Lord. Wholeheartedly. Not that he's, you know, some God who's sitting on a throne and, you know, insecure about us. It's just in our own lives, we can all testify the fact it's no fun living in one and another. It's no fun living in sin and living for God. It's no fun living for the world and living for God because it's half-hearted. It's, it's between two opinions. Neither one's fulfilling. So my point is either jump full in sin. Like just enjoy the heck out of it as long as you can take it. Or jump wholeheartedly in God. But don't keep going back and forth trying to find your way. You're going to be miserable. Jesus said, I'd rather be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. Don't, don't be in the middle of the road. Jump in one or jump in the other. This is what this time of year is all about. It's, it's about being wholehearted, finding our way to walk straight with the Lord. James 1.8 says it like this. Let, when you ask God for wisdom, let, let him ask in faith 
with no doubting, which means without wavering, King James says. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Isn't it interesting? Wavering causes waves. Wavering causes waves. Let him ask in faith, not doubting, without wavering. For he who doubts is like a wave, doubts or wavers, is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man and is unstable in all his ways. Interesting, isn't it? Now, I'm not, I begin to look at this. Ask not doubting. That doesn't mean we're not going to have doubts. That's not what that's talking about because you and I are always going to have doubts. Doubt is part of faith. Without doubt, there can be no faith. You have to have both. So he's not talking about you won't have any thoughts of doubt, you won't have any thoughts of unbelief. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about not wavering. In other words, when you ask God what you're supposed to do and he tells you what to do, then don't waver, just do what he told you to do. So he's not saying not doubting, like you won't have thoughts of doubt, or did I do the right thing, or did I do it? You may have those thoughts, that's okay. But be, be resolute, and that when you do ask God about something in your life and he gives you an instruction, then just do it without wavering. But see, so many of us, I think, if you're like me, now I may just be preaching to me this morning, it's not that I don't know what to do, I just don't want to do it. Come on now. It's not that I don't know what to do, I just don't want to do it. You know, it says the word double-minded here is actually a word that's translated in the Greek. I, 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 I Dan will tell you how to say this. I'll just say it as I think I said, dipsukas. Like, dip, suck us, dip, suck us, this sucks us, this sucks, yes. The Greek, this sucks is the way I'd say it. <laughs> Double-minded, this sucks, meaning a person, it literally means a person with two minds or two souls. Two minds or two souls. Double-mindedness is basically when you get involved in your heart trying to get God off of it. God's on, on your heart and you get involved and try to get him off of it because you're wanting your way instead of his way. And, we, and it's not because we're bad people. It's just we really don't trust and believe that his way is the best way. Because normally with God, we don't get what we want, we get what we need. You don't always get what you want. You can try sometimes. Get what you need, right? But he knows exactly what you need, but at times we waver and now it brings torn. I know I, I've looked back, most all anxiety I've dealt with is I knew what I was supposed to be doing, but I chose not to, and it starts rumbling on the inside of me, and I get no peace until I do what I told what I knew what I was supposed to do. Which 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 makes sense when it says 
Repentance is supposed to bring great joy. Because when I truly repent and do what God's asked me to do, the joy of the Lord fills my heart and peace fills my soul and I'm a happy person. Touch somebody beside you. Say, get rid of that extra mind you're carrying around with you. So some may ask, how do we get rid of this double-minded thing? How do we get rid of this so that we become stable in all our ways? The only other time that word double-minded is used is in the solution. James 1 is where it's first used. Only time in the Bible. Second time is in the solution. Here's what it says. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The solution. Draw near to God. That's what Teshuvah is all about. Get back to the source. Jeremiah 2.13 says, you've committed two evils against me. You've, You've made yourself cisterns that can hold no water, and you have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. Cisterns were made in that culture so that you could hold rainwater so that you had plenty of water to drink. But the problem with cisterns is it was always dirty water. And the cisterns would crack and wouldn't even be able to hold it anyway. God comes on the scene. He said, you have created idols in your heart, cisterns trying to hold on to the little bit that you got instead of releasing that to me and receiving a fountain of source of living water that will never, ever run dry. Draw near to God. God will draw near to you. That word draw near is an Aramaic word that literally means some come so close that you can be touched. Or that you can touch. This is the time of year that in the Hebraic mindset, the king is in the field. And he can be accessed and touched. That's why today some of us in worship, we say, well, Kent, how do I draw near to God? What does that mean to draw near to God? Well, the, it, it's interesting because it's, there's no exact definition because it's different for all of us. I was teaching yesterday, and I made a staggering statement to people. I was teaching here at the church to a group of leaders from another church, and I told them, there's no such thing in the Bible as a sinner's prayer. You know this prayer we tell everybody to pray. It's not in the Bible. Because repentance was different for everybody. Paul got knocked off his horse. Touch your neighbors, that's what you're going to get. No, I'm just this. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> Paul got knocked off his horse and got blinded so he could quit seeing natural things and see what was really important. Nicodemus, I call him Nick at night. He came to Jesus at night. Jesus said, you need to be born from above. Rich young ruler, sell everything that you have. This is the one thing you need. It was different for everybody. So for me to put out a broad statement of this is how you do it, the Holy Spirit will tell you. 
The Holy Spirit will show you what you're supposed to do. But here's the good news. The Hebrews believe any small step toward God in this time of year, it don't matter how slight or how little it may be, any slight step toward God brings all of heaven's attention your way in this season. Isn't that exciting to you or to me? That doesn't mean you have to get it everything right. That doesn't mean you have to make all the right decisions. It's just any slight movement toward God and his will and his purpose brings all of heaven's attention to you. And a spiritual momentum that you need to move forward. So for some of you, it's, it may be obeying the teachings we taught two weeks ago when, when, when we talked about first fruits and tithing. Maybe that's your next step. For some of you, it may be a step to our... Uh, Equipping class that starts in September to say, that's what I need to do. Maybe, maybe, some, maybe some of you a step to draw near to God is to go to a house of light for the very first time. Or maybe it's just to pray. Maybe it's just to start doing good deeds and quit being so selfish. Maybe it's about tipping on Sunday when we go to the restaurant so they quit hating Christians as servers. You know, I've had waitresses and waiters tell me they hate Sundays. It's the lowest tip day because all the Christians are coming. Isn't that terrible? That's dip suckus. That's dip suckus right there. We should be the best. We should be the most generous people on the face of the earth. But you know in your heart what it is. Lord may be asking you to give up something temporarily. Lay this down temporarily. Don't do this or, or have this for a while. But Lord, I love this. See, I'm convinced the Lord has no problem with us having things. He just don't want things having us. And sometimes things just get a hold of us. And so I know, for, for example, I'll just give you so you have some form of what it looks like. For me and Bev, we just decided you know, to, to abstain from certain stuff. It could be food, drink, whatever your, your, your issue is. Abstain from certain something for, for, for a while. And we've chosen a couple of spiritual books. And we're saying, you know what? Instead of turning the TV on at night, we're going to read these spiritual books and we're going to have a conversation, a spiritual conversation together about God. As simple as that is, we're going to believe that God, as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. It's a small sacrifice on our part to get to draw near to the Holy One of Israel. And isn't it cool that God in this season just wakes us up to the fact, because we all, this happened, we all like sheep have gone astray. Right? It happens every year. Here's the good news. Kent strays every year. Touch two people, so I knew that already. <laughs> and you do too. In some area, in some way in this heart, something starts tugging on it, starts enticing it, and it starts moving us. But isn't it great that God so graciously doesn't want you to have to wait till you get in full-blown sin and destruction. He brings these appointed times of year around and say, wait a minute, wake up. You don't have to go to destruction to get there. You can do right now, turn around, draw near to me, and I will draw. 
I love that about him. And so Teshuvah, soul prospering, a prospering soul, a prosperous soul is a single focused soul. According to Deuteronomy 6, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. That's the command of the God of Israel. Not that you can't love other things and other people. But the single focus is to love God with all your mind, all your heart, and all your soul. What does that look like? I'll show you real quick. Psalm 27, 4, which is one of the scriptures we're supposed to be reading during this time, says this. And I'm calling this portion of the message in the last part this one thing. Here we go. Here's the one thing David said I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with God every moment in this house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. This one thing I do, he says, this one thing I seek above all else that I might live close to God. Walk with him. Somebody gave me a t-shirt recently. I love it. It says, my cardio is walking with the Lord. (laughs) Walk close with the Lord. Draw near to God. You say, how near are you to God? As near as you want to be. How near are you to God? How close are you to God? Close as you want to be. He said, draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. Second. Y'all know this one. The Lord answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are so anxious and troubled about so many things, but one thing. Somebody say one thing. One thing thing is necessary. Mary has chosen that good portion, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the story of Mary and Martha, where Martha's busy serving everybody. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha goes to Jesus, rightfully so. It's like, hey, Jesus, hey, could you tell Mary to get off her butt and come over here and help me in the kitchen? <laughs> Jesus said to Martha, he said, Martha, those are important things, but you're so worried and troubled about so many things, but one thing is necessary, and that's what your sister's doing, and that's what you should be doing, and that is sitting at my feet. I'm convinced if we just spent more time sitting with Jesus everything else would come into order and we wouldn't have to get so busy about so many other things because he would already take care of it for us. Right? I believe that. And by the way, I am preaching totally to myself today. You just got to get done in it. Last, the last scripture says this. I love this one. Paul the Apostle. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended But one thing, somebody say one thing. One thing thing I do, I just keep forgetting those things that are behind and I keep reaching forward to those things that are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. My translation, I quit looking back at everything I screwed up. 
And I just keep looking forward to my future because the good news with God is your past is forgotten and your future is always in front of you. I just keep forgetting those things that are behind me, those mistakes I made, those regrets, those missed opportunities, those difficult moments, and I keep pressing forward to that which is ahead. This one thing I do, that I may lay hold of that which I've been laid hold of, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This season, God is simply asking us to become single-focused, not double-focused. Because all of our anxieties, I'm not saying there's not medical issues that sometimes can be at play, chemical issues, I understand that. But majority of our anxieties are literally from idols in our heart that are causing us pain. What a powerful prayer. Lord, search me and know my anxieties. Look inside of me and see if there be any idol that's causing me pain and lead me into the ancient path or the everlasting path. These are the, this is that season that God is drawing us to himself. And he comes every year because of his great grace to help us take those steps necessary so that next year we won't be perfect, but we'll be in a better place than we were this year. And then next year, we won't be perfect still, but we'll be in a much better place than we were the year before. And we just keep going from strength to strength, glory to glory, as we keep allowing the Lord to move inside our hearts and draw us near to Him. Teshiva, turn toward the Lord. Make up your mind. How long will you continue between two opinions? If God be God, follow God. If Baal be God, follow Baal. In other words, if your idols are satisfying you, and I know my, I've got, I've, I've got idols. Everybody here's got one. Yours isn't mine, mine isn't yours, but we've all got one. My only problem with them is they don't fix it. If they fixed it, I would follow them. But they just don't fix it. They may temporarily fix it, but it's not permanent. There's only place for one. Jesus said you can't have two masters. You'll have to serve one and not the other, but you can't have two. And if you allow the Lord to touch you, and I'm not saying this is a works message that we go get better. I'm just saying take a step toward God and watch what He can do. Not what you can do. Watch what He can do. He's, if you just take a step toward him, he's actually able to even take the very desire away from you for whatever's troubling you in your heart and your mind. He can fix these things, these hearts of ours, if we just put them in his hands. And so I just wanted to kind of close out our day today. It's been a great day with kind of an exchange with the Lord. Uh, maybe another opportunity for us just to give him our hearts afresh it's new beginnings next week we step into a new year leave some things behind and move on into some new seasons with the Lord and find a new way and find that ancient path and let the Lord remove all these anxieties from us and fill our hearts once again with the peace and the happiness that only comes from walking with him the ultimate source of all life and all happiness. Amen. Father, we just thank you today for your goodness and your grace.
thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you for giving us these appointed times that you come to us to help us get and stay on the right track so that we can live life of shalom, peace, joy, happiness, prosperity. You are so gracious and you are so faithful. So we just embrace you this morning and we give you our hearts afresh in the name of Jesus. We just want to sing a little bit of this old song that we like, this old worship song. Just maybe want to worship with us just for a minute.
Thank you, Father. I need to pause just 30 seconds. There's a lady right here in a flower uh, top. You, ma'am. Yes. All morning I felt the Holy Spirit having me focus on you. You're in need of a healing today. And the Lord's going to heal you today. And uh, it's even affecting your physical body. There's a physical issue that's, that, you've been, that you've been challenged with. And, and the, Lord, the Lord told me he's going to heal you today. And so can I pray for you really quick? Do you mind? I don't remember you, know. <laughs> well there's an issue and I think it's even your back it's my back and my hip I've had a bone disease since I was six years old you've had a bone disease since six years old well the Lord showed me it was your ooh. it's my back <sighs> ooh. my God Every vertebrae, every bit of this bone disease, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and receive it now. Ooh. In the name of Jesus for the glory of God. Wow. God's doing something serious for you today. Now she's, hang on just a second. Hang on a second. Just, just stay with because this is something really powerful that's happened. God's healing her body. Isn't it interesting? Her son was killed, buried her son. She accepted the Lord. Lord, back first day. How does the Lord do all this stuff, right? He's just amazing, isn't he? But she's do, she did something there that I felt like, I love how the Holy Spirit is because when I prayed for her, she did something that I felt like the Lord told me to tell you to do today. As soon as I prayed for her, she went and breathed in. And I felt like the Holy Spirit had instructed me to close this service with this type of prayer today as an impartation for us that would be, see, God's in this atmosphere today, right? And it's not even necessary for somebody to lay their hands on you because God is spirit. He's breathing. He's breath. God is spirit. Dip sucks there. God, God, God is spirit and he's breath. And so I felt like, man, God has touched that lady in a very significant way. And I felt like that as we breathe in this morning, in just a minute when I ask you to, we're going to breathe in God's breath afresh, a fresh ruach of God, of the breath of God. And when we breathe out, our anxieties, our disappointments, our failures, our, our, our shame, our guilt, our condemnation. When we breathe out, we're just like exhaling the negativity from our very souls that there would be a spiritual transaction in this moment. That's all I knew from the Holy Spirit. 
And when she, when I prayed for her, she breathed in. I thought, Lord, that's exactly what I felt like we were supposed to do. So if you're willing to do this spiritual exercise with me this morning, the only biblical reference I have for it is that Jesus breathed upon them and they received the Holy Spirit. But the Lord is breath. And I just want everybody, my goal is I want everybody here to have a spiritual exchange this morning. So if you'd lift your hands with me to heaven. Father, we just do this as an act of faith to receive a fresh breath of God into our very souls. You're the same one in Genesis that says you breathed into us and made us living souls. And so that breath, the very atmosphere of heaven that's in this room today, the very atmosphere of the anointing that's here today, we believe as we breathe that in, we're breathing in an impartation of a new thing, a new breath, a fresh thing that you're doing in our life. And as we exhale, we're exhaling all the negativity that the enemy has tried to put on the inside of us. And we believe we will enter into a new day in a new season. So in the name of Jesus, we breathe in the breath of God now. Breathe it in. And now let it out. Yes, and we receive the sound of the shofar. And we say, yes, Lord, Teshuvah is our portion. And we go with great joy and great peace, knowing we will no longer be double-souled, but single-focused. And we will not be held between two opinions. If God be God, we're going to follow you. And we follow you fully in Jesus' name. I love you.